Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nico is, man, what a trooper. Right? He's got some of the, probably the worst man flu that anyone's ever had yet he has still rocked up. That's how committed he is to this podcast, now committed he is to men's mental health. Nico, look, on your deathbed. With on your, my, literally in my deathbed. With a roll of toilet paper next to you, but here you are. Um, you just, you just got to turn up, you know. It's just um, uh, people talk about free will, and, and, and yes, we do to some extent, but... I really have no choice, you know, the, the show must go on. So um, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's probably the worst man flu in the history of mankind and existence. Um, but I'm here. I'm not quite flying a, a full flag today, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to bring the heat. You bring the heat. quality over quantity from Nico today. Um, and that's good because I'm kind of sick of you talking. And plus, we have a great Hopefully. guest on today, which I'm very, very excited to talk to. And that's James Grimer from Man Online. James, welcome to the show. Ryan, uh, Nick, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. And uh, uh, well done, Nick, for, for uh, turning up, even though you're not uh, flying the full flag today. Oh, well, see, this is this is why blokes need to support blokes. You know, women just don't understand what we're going through and the severity of a man flu. And this is why men online is so important, James. And and uh, yeah, we just need to the brethren. We need to be there for each other and get around each other a bit more. I feel like it'd be complete if you were in like an animal onesie or something. That'd make it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> James, uh, no, that's it. I'm not talking about your man flu anymore. That's enough for the show. James, right. very excited to have you on today. I want to talk about obviously man online because we are a mental health podcast, but I love hearing about also people's journey. Like I had a bit of a read of your bio and I'm like, okay, this is a guy who started a pizza store in his twenties, which became the chain pizza lovers, which I was a frequent at. Let me tell you. Um, then started a training solutions program, which looks like it was sold to um, companies like McDonald's, KFC. And that kind of thing. And then also stepping into the space of, you know, being passionate about helping other business owners in their business to now saying, hey, I want to now start to dedicate a, a portion of my life to helping men with their mental health. And I love to sort of hear a bit about your journey as to, as to why. Before we get into the what man online is, I'd really love to know the why and where this passion and drive comes from. Well, you've certainly done your research, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm disappointed. Um, I'm discombobulated, Joe. I knew, I knew that you had the flu, and I'm like, I've got to do something. I'm going to have to carry this show today, so I'm doing how homework. Dare you, how dare you research a guest? <laughs> you've changed. Well, man. yeah, it all started. It all started back with pizzas, and uh, um, and I, I, well, I love pizza. Right, so uh, as an as an eighteen year old bloke, when I when I first got my driver's license, I thought, what better place to work than a, a pizza delivery joint and somewhere I could get out in the car and just kind of drive around. It was very freeing. Um, but yeah, pizza in my twenties, a training company in my thirties, uh, coaching in my forties, and how I got into uh, this men's work, I guess. Uh, really came from the the coaching component. So business owners, 
uh, male business owners uh, specifically that I'm referring to. So helping them with their business, with their marketing, with how, you know, growing their business. And typically within a couple of months, every single male bloke business owner at some point in time would say, would it be okay today if we talked about something more personal than my business? And they would raise issues. They, they talk about all the whole suite of stuff that goes on for blokes, um, uh, anything from purpose through to addictions, through to like, I just like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, if I look back across the client list, you know, it'd be it'd be a thousand blokes over over ten years um, that would have, you know, you could you could set your clock to it. A couple of months in, they'd say, "Yeah, can I talk to you about something and um, something personal?" And and I, I thought to myself, uh, I was one of those blokes who who really needed to speak to someone and. I made the mistake, the crucial mistake of, of not talking to someone, not putting my hand up, not saying, um, you know, can, can I, you know, to another bloke, can I talk to you about something? Can I, can I share something with you? Uh, so I was really proud of these blokes for doing that. And then um, as sort of time went by, I thought, well, uh, there's so many men that, are, that, are, that have stuff that they want to talk about. Uh, what, what could be a forum for that? And as we know, men's groups are, are, are certainly nothing new, um, but men's groups are a really great place for, for men to be able to support other men and, uh, and, and listen and kick back and provide advice. So that really led to what exists today, which is uh, Man Online, that M-A-N is an acronym. It stands for Men's Accountability Network. Sounds pretty formal, but really it's just a place for, for men to gather Um uh, it's for men, by men, and just talking about men's stuff. So that's how I got here. It sounds like the um, with them opening up to it's. A, it's a, I think it's a real says a lot about you too, James, and, and that they felt that rapport and that that um, trust, and and you're obviously holding some sort of space for them where they felt they could be vulnerable and and share their stuff. So um, yeah, well done on 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 giving them that as well, which is probably unknown at the time. Yeah, thanks, Nick. That's very true. Um, uh, anyone that says men don't talk <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, are wrong. <laughs> they do. They, they, uh, they have a lot to say, actually. And uh, um, when, the, when the space is right, when, the, when there's a trust level there, and uh, I'll make up that it's probably got to do with our DNA, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of, uh, protecting a perimeter, uh, providing and protecting, and, and not wanting to show a chink in your armor because maybe if you were did you you were you were um, not trusted in the group, and uh, maybe we've brought that forward into into modern day. Um, and so, yeah, for men, it's um, I think typically it, it's quite a hard thing to do to let your guard down. We do want to be vulnerable. We do want to speak about what's going on for us. Um, and it's hard for us as blokes to find a forum or find a person 
that we can actually sort of sh- just share openly with with what's going on, uh, and and to be able to get you know good feedback and good advice on what could be the step forward. Yeah, and it's like exactly what you said men want to talk and, and nick and i will know this from being practitioners for a while or can be in a men's group it's like once that pressure relief valve <laughs> gets let off men will just woof, it'll all come out and then maybe to their a lot of their friends and their family they don't talk and don't have much to say but there's a lot in there to say like you said though it's about finding that safe space where someone feels safe enough to be able to do that and it's an interesting point that you brought up about you know, the perimeter of the tribe. I mean, it's a combination of many things, right? I'm sure it's genetic, uh, it's cultural, um, it's the programming we had in the home in the early years. Um, one I heard around that similar kind of tribe thing was obviously men would be out hunting and a group of men would go out and like the guy who was loud and talking, that wasn't a good thing when you're out hunting. Shh, shh, like quiet, <laughs> you scare away our fucking food and we need that food. So yeah, that, that could be a genetic component as well. And I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, when you say men's accountability network, like what are we, what are we keeping men accountable to here? Accountable to showing up, accountable to opening up. Like what are they accountable to? Well, um, I guess first and foremost, accountable to themselves really is is the goal. Um, uh, going forward by taking responsibility for their own actions, their own thoughts, their own beliefs, um, being comfortable with who they are. Um, each individual group. Uh, these groups meet twice a month online. They're groups of men. Uh, the, the group size is six to eight men with a facilitator. When the men come together and make an agreement to be a group, the same group of men meeting ongoing, they'll actually determine their own set of you know, rules and guidelines uh, as to what being accountable means. For some groups, uh, being accountable means being at every single meeting no matter what even if you're in bed with the flu. For some groups, uh, it means that um, uh, we recognise that family, clients, uh, there's this whole balance of life. So if you're unable to make the group, at least text to the group and in, in advance and, and let them know that you're not going to be there for, so that the group knows that firstly, you're okay, and secondly, that uh, it's going to be a bit of a smaller gathering for that evening so the groups themselves the men of the groups will will determine what level of accountability they would like to have with each other they agree to it they commit to it and then they step into it i don't know how much fuel in the tank i've got so i'm just going to put a couple of things out there and then i'll probably just peter off at the end so um in, in the groups, as a, as a mental health practitioner, uh, I see a lot of awareness, which is wonderful. I see a lot of dialogue, which is great, but I'm not seeing a lot of educating. And I guess that's what we're really focused on and specialising in. So with all the blokes in the group, are they? is there somewhere for them to come in contact with information that can help them to affect change? Yeah, I'm so glad you raised that. Uh, um so in my 30s, I ran a training organisation, and uh, so I was uh, so I have an education background. And what I saw in men's groups was there was this wonderful opportunity of bringing men together and having men open up and talk about what's going on. And the men's groups that I attended doing research and reconnaissance, in the for the most part, not all, but for the most part. It was an opportunity to have a discussion and to receive advice from other men, which is wonderful. 
And I thought that there was an opportunity on top of that for education, for awareness, for mental health literacy, physical health literacy. So within a man online session that runs for 90 minutes, typically in a men's group, you have a check-in, an opening round of shares. At the end of the session, you have a check-out, closing round of shares. And in the middle, we have an expert speaker that speaks to the theme of the topic. So our topics might be debt, they might be addictions, it might be stress, it might be anger, it might be work-life balance, it might be relationships with intimate uh, partners, parenting, you name it, there's a different topic for each session. And that topic is then supported by an expert speaker who comes in sometimes uh, via a pre-recorded video uh, just for the, the the nature of the intimacy of the groups and we'll speak to a particular topic. So let's say it was stress. The expert speaker would speak to here's three to five ways to be able to uh, recognize your stress and then mitigate it so that you can move forward without stress becoming chronic or deliberate, uh, debilitating. Mm. So yeah, that's, education that's, I think is, is super important. Yeah. And, um, you know, if men can be, uh, more aware, more educated. Um, we know that awareness precedes choice, precedes change. So I think education is really important in helping men to be even more aware of what's going on so that they can choose the changes uh, that, that they, they personally choose for themselves. Yeah, we, we talk about being an active participant in your own human experience. So not not at, at MindFit, not just outsourcing it, not just need wanting other people to change us or fix us, but actually having um, that that you know, investment in, in looking after your own well being. So um, it's interesting you talk about. Uh, those three steps there, we've got five steps to change and, and accept, awareness is the first one, then acceptance and then motivation are the first three. And then uh, I can't help anyone until they've ticked those off and then comes the tools and, and, and increase in their capacity to change. So I, I had a, someone on LinkedIn, I'm never on there, but um, I did a presentation out at Packingham the other week and, and someone reached out and shared that Patty... Pimlock, what's his, what's his? Paddy the Batty Pimblet, yeah, yeah, the UFC yeah, fighter. Paddy yeah. yeah, and he had that, yeah, his mate, mate committed suicide very sadly and, and he, he used his um, stage to, to speak about it and she wanted my take on it um, about how men need to speak up and I said to her, I agree, but everything's easy in theory. Reality can often be much more difficult because theory doesn't have an ego, a belief system, conditioning, mental filters, etc. And a lot of guys actually want to speak up. We just haven't done a good enough job of providing a safe space for them to do so. Many of my trainee clients say they try talking to their mates, but get called soft and to harden up. They try talking to their wives and girlfriends, but are told they are meant to be the rock in the relationship or they get shut down um, and that's invalidated or they're not listened to. Or they try talking to their family who just completely run over them as well and tell them to stop complaining. So it's this interesting paradox where, yeah, let's encourage men to speak out. But I think we need to, as you're doing, thankfully, um, is creating this space for them 
to do that and and to, to be heard and to encourage others around them to keep speaking as well. And me and Nick are pumped about that you got the educational piece in there. That's why I probably Nick asked the question because we see, yeah, a lot of people just, it's just the awareness thing. And it's like, hey, we're aware of it now, but what can we do? And I, I love the fact that there's a topic I mean, as a group, men can say, okay, well, there's a relationship topic. And then they can obviously share, hey, I implemented A, B, and C. I tried to communicate with my partner differently and then share kind of how they did the next week and, and realize that, you know, I can imagine in those groups, a lot of people sharing a lot of kind of, well, I tried this and I fucked up or I tried that and I fucked up. But when you hear other people did as well, it's kind of okay. You don't feel like you're a fuck up so much. To speak, uh, I'm, so. Not, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're kind of, we... We expect unrealistically to be perfect at everything all the time. And when it comes to what? mental and emotional health, yeah. well, you are Nick, but like the rest of us have to struggle with it. <laughs> yeah, I think a great tagline there is uh, progress over perfection, right? And uh, um, certainly was that was good advice for me. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the education and, and the issues that, that, that men raise, um, once they're aware of something, uh, so, so further to having an expert that presents uh, material within Man Online that speaks to the topic, we also send out immediately after, well, immediately is within a few days after a resource document. And the reason it takes a few days is that we gather all the questions that the men ask about that particular topic. Uh, for example, just last week, our topic was anxiety and depression. And men would, that would honestly ask questions and say, I actually aren't 100% sure what depression is. I kind of know what it is, but I don't know if I have it or whether I'm just, I just have temporary blues or whether, whether, whether I'm just kind of in a little bit of a, a natural cycle. Maybe I'm in a winter and spring's coming and that sort of thing. Uh, so the resource document is, the answer to all the questions that we gather that the men ask, and then we get online, we pour over resource documents, we look at research, we look at uh, what's already available. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, so we'll refer to uh, Beyond Blue. We'll refer to uh, any particular organisation that's already got a lot of material. Are You Okay is a, is a really, really great resource as well, particularly regarding the, the, the topic just mentioned, so that men can come out the other side. They can have a resource document which refers to podcasts that they can go and listen to on the topic, books that they can read, YouTube videos that they can watch, um, Instagram, Facebook, just where, where can they get more of these resources so that they can pour over it. Sometimes we even put up a movie, you know, because Hollywood can sometimes have a great depiction of an issue that's going on. Um, and, and that then empowers men. You know, they're not being told what to do. They're provided with an opportunity so that they can step into, they can feel purposeful, they can feel like they've taken action towards resolving whatever issues are going on for them. They're more educated and they're able to not just help themselves but potentially help those around them as well. Yeah, it's good. It's a very, it's that male energy as well. It's like, we don't want to be told what to do, but we like to, in our own mind, formulate some action steps 
it's like, okay, I got some information, but I want to know in myself, like, what do I do here? So it's great. You've got it's like a menu of options there, which they can say, okay, I'm going to start to listen to this podcast. I'll read this book and I'll try this with my partner this week. Like, it's really cool. Um, I like that. Was this the idea of it being online? Was that born out of, um, I'm not sure how long it's been in existence, but was it born out of COVID times? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, it was. I was speaking yesterday. We, we just wrapped up recording a, an addiction program. And we're talking about, you know, this exact thing. It's like, use this technology, you know, for your benefit. And, you know, so there's so much of technology, social media can be detrimental to our mental health, but like anything, it's how we use it, right? I can use a hammer to build a house or I can bludgeon someone to death, right? It's how we use it. And so, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit extreme, wasn't it? <laughs> and so, analogy. and so basically we can use this technology to form these connections, you know, and I was speaking yesterday, there's a guy that I run a lot of trainings with and we're to the point where we're, we can basically read each other's minds, yet we've met in person twice ever. And it's like, we can use this technology to form connection. And yes, being in person, being able to give someone physically a hug, there is a different energy to it and it's great. But, you know, hey, we can all around the country, all around the world, we can connect with other people. And it is, you know, it is connection. It really is. You can feel it. You know, well, that's, that's and, one um, of the that sense of belonging is yeah. is I think really fundamentally what Man Online's providing. You know, Mindfit's got five fundamentals. The second one is our five basic human needs and feeling empowered, which you just spoke about. Belonging is another one. Uh, freedom to start making different decisions and choices. Fun, learning to lighten things up, and and I imagine that maybe something that you you monitor throughout the groups is not letting it get too heavy and funky but sort of trying to keep it light a bit um and survival uh, food water shelter and, and knowing that we're going to be okay so that you know it sounds like the man online thing is really it's ticking a few boxes t- yeah, taking one of those basic human needs. Because uh, what happens when you do when you do actually get a lot of men around who are forming a close connection, fun tends to become a bit of a byproduct as well. I think that's a natural, even if it is. Doesn't, doesn't take long to start throwing each other under the bus, yeah. does it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. No, I, I can speak to a couple of those points. Um, uh, I think that um, I think that it's well proven that men connect very well through humor. So we we try like. Um, I don't think that there's any man out there that wants to come along to uh, and spend time with other blokes and it's 100% serious for a couple of hours and you walk away and you go, man, that was just heavy. That kind of sucked. Um, and now I feel like shit. Yeah. Um, conversely, if you can introduce humour, uh, but not not in a way that's a mask because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we can we can use humour as a hiding place rather than, than, than really expressing what's going on for us. But it's a great defense mechanism. Humor. Yeah, having, having healthy banter with, with each other. Um, uh, I'll give one example of how we've used humor. Uh, in the porn session, uh, or the, 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 a session that covers porn as a topic, pornography, pornography addiction, pornography is a tool, not uh, we don't judge right, wrong, good or bad, that's up for the men to, to determine their own situation. And our expert speaker by pre-recorded video, believe it or not, is Robin Williams, the comedian. And yeah. he does a, a six-minute piece that's freely available on YouTube. So we've pulled that in. And he's doing a comedy piece on pornography. 
And the reason that we chose that is that we we canvassed a couple of the men of Man Online who openly expressed that they have a porn addiction. We got them to to into a separate session and said, how can we express and talk about with with other men what's going on with porn? How can we how can we how can we convey and and what can we do here for our expert speaker? And unanimously they said, well, comedy is a good way. And so so they've so we've been able to pull in fun based on the opinions of those men and, and we chose a, a, a comedic piece uh, with Robin Williams. So fun's really one of the pillars of, of Man Online. And Ryan, you asked uh, uh, where was Man Online born? You know, was it COVID? And the answer is yes. Um, men's groups have existed, I think, since men have existed. There, there, there's, there's always been this, this connection, this, this grouping. Um, and what I saw during COVID, uh, and, and for anyone that was in lockdown for any period of time, um, we got very fit and uh, fit as in uh, through technology. We, we, we got uh, very skilled at using applications like Zoom or any, any video conferencing. And I was involved with some business networking groups. And most of these business owners were in lockdown. Many of them were not actively operating their businesses whilst in lockdown. And not one meeting would go by without a number of those members saying out loud to the group, if it wasn't for this meeting, if it wasn't for this connection with other business owners, I actually don't know where I'd be. I just, I just, th- this is the only thing that's really keeping me together. And I'd been thinking about what could I do in the men's health and wellness space for, for 15 years. Uh, you know, uh, there was a time 15 years ago that I had a, a very difficult period in my life. And I thought, well, you know how can I how can I contribute in this space? And as those business owners were saying, um, it, yeah, if it wasn't for this gathering, I don't know where I'd be. I thought, wow, um, there is power in online, and some of the beauties of online. Uh, so initially, I thought, well, you can't really connect online. It's not really kind of the same, and um, you know, there's a lot of kind of voices that were going off in my head about the reasons why you can't do it. And funnily enough, when I looked into the research, I was pleasantly surprised uh, by one particular point, and that was confidentiality. That confidentiality actually increases if there is a less likelihood of men actually interacting in each other's social networks. Um, For example, if you have something going on in your life, uh, let's say, that your um, relationship with with your your partners going through a difficult phase is that something you can talk to your brother-in-law about? Probably not, right? You know, and, and so having a um, being able to come online with with because there's no geographical boundaries. You know, we have men from Queensland connecting with New South Wales and Victoria and Tassie, and um, sometimes even men who are overseas. Um, so being that there's no geographical boundaries means that they've, they're, they're really unlikely to actually have uh, um, in-person social interaction uh, with their social groups. 
Um, so it's kind of like, you know, that instance where when you're talking to a stranger, you find that you're actually really open and honest and candid. Whereas sometimes with a close friend, you might not be as open and honest. So um, therefore, once I, once I, um, once it clicked for me that confidentiality is increased, once it clicked for me that men who are in rural and regional areas, the stats are, are alarmingly higher for those men in terms of um, health and mental health and, and, and suicide and uh, you know, it's terrible stats. So I thought, wow, okay, we just got to be online. And, uh, and we have. Um, that's not to say that we don't uh, meet up for, uh, for a dinner or go go-karting or those types of things on occasion as a group, um, get together and do events. Um, but it's founded in online. And it's founded in online to increase confidentiality, to maximise the reach for rural and regional areas as well. Yeah, um, we it's find- interesting. You, sorry, sorry, House. It's just yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm heading. I'm heading out to Bulia um, next next week, uh, which is three hours south of Mount Isa. Um, and for that specific reason is that that in those regions. Um, it's interesting, we've got little mind-fit hubs, sort of Swan Hill and Dubbo and Mount Isa. And um, because the, the, the blokes out there, as you say, they have too much time in their hands, too much time to think, I suppose, sitting in a tractor or riding horses or whatever. Um, they get in their own heads. But, yeah, there is that disconnection. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be raising the awareness around man online and suggesting that the blokes out there look into that as a resource. Yeah. Cause it's an addition. It's not like people think, well, it's going to replace the, the physical aspect, but it's not, it's an addition for, for most people. You know, we find like Nick today, like we might have a support call with our students and a couple of them are, are in bed, you know, not, not feeling the best. And, and if there was, if that me, if our support call or meeting was five minutes down the road, they wouldn't have, there's no way they would have made it physically. Um, and so say this today, you know, let's say this was a, you know, we we're in a support group and Nick was really struggling with something, then you're going to make it online. Whereas you're not going to make it if it's, if it's um, online. So there's more support in your corner in that instance. So I think being able to use online that way is it's super powerful. And like you said, people are in rural areas. They're not going to, you know, commit to traveling a certain amount of distance, you know, twice a month um most of them won't anyway um for, for their mental and emotional health so just i think it breaks down many barriers and walls and the efficacy of it for me personally i think it was 2018 because i'd known people doing some some skype sessions and that kind of thing back then and i'm like no not the same won't work you know and then um because we we did trauma therapy at our center and a, a guy from the states i'll never forget it he jumped on skype for a chat and i'm like hey, this guy needs some work here so i'm like all right because in our center we'd have you know a diffuser on special music on like really setting the scene and everything <laughs> this dude was in his fucking basement no music shitty internet connection like it was and i'm so i'm like all right let's just see how this goes next thing is you know processing a trauma from his childhood crying snot and everything and had this incredible experience and i'm like maybe online could work, right? And so that's why we were, you know, we weren't hesitant at all to go online. We went online actually before, just a few months before COVID um, kind of happened. And, and it's such a, we're all online now and it's it's incredible efficacy, but it doesn't, 
like I said, it's an, it's an addition for people to their life that I think is in combination with that actual human to human contact. I think it's so, so important. And just one other point I wanted to make on the, you touched on humor and banter. And I heard a while ago that, um, men use humor and banter to test the trust in relationship with other men. So if you see a class, look, if you saw me and my mates who I've been mates with for 20 years and you had a camera on us when we're having a few beers and talking, you'd be like, fuck, they're saying some really wrong shit, right? To each other. But the the reason we say that, like if me and Nick caught up for a beer and just us two and that we weren't recording a podcast, you'd be like, there'd be a lot of stuff in there that was that was quite wrong, so to speak. But that's all that's how men test the trust in a relationship. I could say something to my close friend that if we were walking down the street and some stranger on the other side of the road said it, we'd go over and confront them because that's not right. But men do that to test the boundaries. So we 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 there's trust in the relationship. So I think it's really important for men to know, you know. Um, we live in a culture now where everyone gets offended by things, but that's how men do connect uh, on the level of humour. Um, yeah, I of- to that, Ryan, too. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that 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 um, testing the trust also is a strengthening. It's it's uh, it's it's strengthening our core. It strengthens, uh, um, I guess, our our uh, resistance um, as well. So yeah, there's there's a lot of um, banter that goes on on between blokes and i think it's a very very natural component uh it's not something that i want to see shut down um there's there's certainly we do live in a pc world and um there's a time and a place for it and i think that the opportunity for men to be able to express that in an environment that is safe that is okay for them to do that is a very healthy and good thing yeah I, I, you, you mentioned there briefly before that, you know, you went through a bit of a tough time that you said about 15 years ago. Is that at the start of the conversation, you said that there was a time in your life when you kind of wish you had the space, you know, to open up and didn't. Um, yeah. I'm wondering maybe is that, did you not, did you feel maybe ashamed? Did you just, did you know you needed to speak up, but no, you didn't have the place. Like where was your awareness at when you were going through your kind of dark period? Yeah. Um, did I feel ashamed? Uh, yes. Um, uh, so for me, there was a, a combination of events, nothing in isolation that, that, that you'd think would, would bother anyone really. Um, uh, you know, a bit of business stuff that was going on, some difficulties in my relationship. I uh, wasn't feeling great about myself. I put on a few kilos, you know, there was just, it was just this, this kind of cluster of events that was, that were going on. Um, I was uh, not in my, own business at the time, I was working for somebody else. And the the final straw for me was that I actually lost my job. And uh, cutting a long story short, the, it, it, there was an, it was an unfair dismissal, which I eventually was successful in um, demonstrating down the track. But at, at the time, I felt ashamed because I lost my job. I felt the pressure of I was building a home and I was like, shit, suddenly, am I going to be able to afford this? Am I going to be am I going to be out of a job, out of a house, had relationship difficulties? I was, I was like, I was creating this, this uh, unrealistic future uh, for myself that, that was going to see me basically uh, huddled in a, in, in a ball in the corner with, with nothing after I'd worked very hard, very long for, 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 for what I had. Um, again, not anything in isolation that that um, uh, that would be um, 
so much so that that it would render me kind of ineffective and, and useless. But I went down this, I kind of spiral, and it was a downward spiral. And I, I, I suffered uh, depression, and I started to have thoughts of, gee, you know what? I think the world would be better off without me. And once I started having those thoughts, I did reach out. At one point, I went to the emergency department of the Austin Hospital and I had a conversation. But outside of that, anybody in my world, my family, my friends, my colleagues, anybody who knew me would like they, what they would see was this mask of everything's looking just fine. Which I'm okay. Good. Which is, yeah, it's where a lot of the shame gets bred as well. And so many men identify, like Nick mentioned earlier, about having to be the rock. Men identify as being a provider. And so it's a big one. Men lose a job. It's not about losing the job. It's about part of our identity feeling like it's it's yeah. falling away or dying. And it's like, well, if I'm not that, what am I? And a lot of men go, well, I'm nothing. And this the shame hear, is compounded. You can hear in that a lot of the work that we, we talk about um, here, James, is, is the, the ego and how problematic the ego is and the ego creates this identity. I am this, I am that, I have to be this, I must be that. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not enough. And, you know, the, the, the so many people just expect their minds to function and perform well and, and to create pleasant experiences for them. But, um, but no one's really training the minds and I was really doing the work to, to get their minds in shape and the whole thing about everyone has mental health and and it's just I'd love to learn from you like the blokes that you're listening to are they are they starting to understand that that when you need to go to the gym to get a resilient and fit and healthy body that's resistant to disease and illness we need to we need to strengthen the mind um, and, and use the challenges and adversity, you know, stoic philosophy, the obstacle is the way, you know, to, to learn how to be more solution-oriented and to, to work through things instead of just being so affected by everything. Are you, are you noticing uh, an understanding uh, in, in what you're, who you're talking with? I'm noticing an increase in understanding. Uh, we, we do survey our men from time to time so that we've got some some data, both uh, just their, their verbal answers and and some some uh, uh, questionnaires that they've filled out that, that would indicate that they're uh, that being a part of a men's group, uh, not specifically man online, just being a part of a men's group increases the likelihood that they would ask for help when needed. It increases the the their awareness um of, of what might be going on for them and how they can go about and reach out and get help and resources. But what I would say is, um, I'm going to call it a difficulty. I'd say that one of the difficulties that exists is that if or unless you value personal growth, unless you value, you mentioned the obstacle is the way, right? Unless, unless you value the I guess the courage of of going through something that's difficult. I'm reminded of that. You've probably heard this uh, many times before, and I'm sure your listeners have heard this um, uh, in terms of a, of a metaphor. And um, there's a young man who walks by 
uh, a house and he looks over at the house and he can see this dog in pain. And the young man says to the old man who's on the balcony, he says, why is your dog in pain? And the old man says, oh, he's lying on a nail. And the young man's kind of confused. He says, well, why doesn't the dog get off the nail? And the old man says, because the dog's not in enough pain. Yeah. And I think for some men, they're not in enough pain and they don't recognize or they don't appreciate. And I don't want to make anyone wrong because I think that we've all fallen into that situation. And, and I can point to me. My, well, it's it's like, just nature, though. It's not wrong. It's just nature, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not making anyone wrong. And, and I guess until an individual man makes a decision for himself, to do, let's call it the work, to, to, to step in and do some work, uh, then he's probably just going to be sitting on that nail. And that nail might get bigger and it might bleed more and, and maybe he feels helpless and, and feels like he can't do anything about that. Until there's this mental shift, an increase in value uh, uh, of, of growth and, and an increase in, yeah, I want to I get this resolved. Uh, and actually do the work, you know, kind of like going to the gym, right? You're not yeah. going to get you're not going to get great biceps uh, in day one. So forming the habit, Brian did, Brian did <laughs> in one day. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, love love to know what your hack is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, forming the habit, the habit and ritual of um, of of uh, you know figuring out or, or just uh, covering different topics, working out what's going on, increasing your awareness making a decision to want to do something about it. You know, I loved, I loved your, your, your five things there, you know, um, feeling of power, belonging, freedom, fun, survival. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like a, a life transition almost where you, you have this values reevaluation and you say, I don't want to live like that anymore. Or I want to prepare myself for life's inevitable setbacks so that when that happens, I'm ready I'm supported with other blokes. I'm mentally fit, uh, which I imagine is why your, your organization's mind fit. I think it's a beautiful what? name. Oh, yeah, thanks. Nick, and that I makes just, so much sense. I uh, know, right? I, didn't, I never <laughs> joined those dots. It's, um, uh, for, for us, James, it's about, it's just about common sense. You know, we're, we're just coming at this from such a simplistic level, no jargon, not clinical. And if you've got a body, you've got physical health, you've got a mind, you've got mental health, you've got to exercise it and train it, there's certain things you're going to do. But it's, it's, I guess, for us, it's about, you know, you talk about the, the metaphor of the dog and, and the nail, and, and another way to describe it is that change only occurs when the discomfort of where we are becomes greater than the discomfort involved in moving. So, you know, the, there's a, a, a cauldron full of water and, and someone's sitting in it that's surrounded by glass, you know, broken glass. And they look out and they go, oh, no, that's going to hurt. You know, there's nice things over there, but that's going to hurt. So I'm going to stay in this cauldron because it's nice. But the fire gets lit and slowly it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And they've got to come to this point where, oh, shit, I've, I've, I've got to jump out and then run across the gra glass and then and get to the safety. But... You know, the, the, the heats that they experience, the boiling water, we call that unnecessary suffering. And that's, that's unfortunately, there's, there's 
my observation is that there's, well, not unfortunately, my observation is there's two types of people in the world, those that are, can look forward and go, there's some doors I don't want to open, there's some things down there that I don't want to experience, but that's probably 20% of the population. The majority, the 80% of us, wait until we're near burnout or breakdown or we're in enough suffering before we then go, oh, I better do something about this. Oh, I need to, I need to change. But, but yeah, that's summarized that is um yeah, sorry, you uh, go, we, um, inspiration or desperation mm. yeah but we spoke about you know early on uh, how awareness is you know it's only the first step and the, the things that come after that but this is where the awareness piece is so important because most people have normalized the way that they're feeling so the dog on the nail is normalized it's like oh all other dogs have got their version of the nail so it's okay but if that dog has the awareness that hey being on that nails you're not okay you can just get off it then it might take action to do that i noticed you know about five years ago maybe a lot more people seeking help were kind of i use the analogy of like most people we would see at the center if they were a car they like just barely rolled into the mechanics like missing a wheel windows broken smashed everywhere light hanging off um saying fix me right yeah, chuck, chuck to, you the keys and something yeah make yeah, this yeah. Make, make this look good um um give it a new paint job and it'll be okay. But what, what I started noticing is a lot more people like bringing their car in saying, Hey, maybe these few warning lights are coming on. Can we get that looked at? So people will come in and go, look, I haven't got a full blown addiction. I'm holding down a job, but my relationship with cocaine and alcohol, I, I can kind of see where it's going if I keep going down this path. So I think, you know, that, that shift has come from the awareness piece. So Patty, the baddie pimblet, other people, you know, sports people tend to be a good one for men to look to, um, might make them realize that there's a lot of, as Nick would say, unnecessary, unnecessary suffering going on. Um, we did a talk last week on anxiety and it's like, most people have this like hum of anxiety in the background that's there all the time. And like the cauldron, it's been there for so long that it's become normalized. So we need to understand that, no, that's having a three out of 10 anxiety all the time that may peak in certain situations. That's, that's not normal. You know, we can be better than that. And once you have people experience, even if it's for a minute or two, what it's like without that anxiety, it's like the air conditioner that's been on the, your whole life. And it's only, you only know it's been on when it gets turned off and you're like, Oh, Oh, that thing's been on the whole time. And it's that way with a lot of what we go through mentally and emotionally, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I loved your um, analogy with the car. and I think that uh, a lot of perhaps what our job is uh, as, as advocates of uh, men's mental health and well-being is to talk about preventative maintenance because most of us, not, not all, but most of us will take our vehicle in for servicing before it breaks down. We'll get our aircon, you know, repaired uh, or checked before it breaks down. Our refrigeration, that sort of thing. And for men, that makes a lot of sense. Like you'd, you'd say to your mates, "Well, you're an idiot. Of course, it was. Of course, your car was going to break down. You had, you know, six warning lights going off for, for three months." Um, so moving to a position of of um, preventative maintenance as an analogy for men to get together in groups to come to MindFit to to reach out to organizations, doesn't really matter what it is that you do. There's so many um, uh, men-centric organizations out there that, that, that it's, they're run by men, they're for men, that they talk about men's stuff. Um, they do it in a way that's, that's, that really taps into the research that's, 
for us blokes, just keep it really simple. You know, we, we don't need a lot of jargon and that sort of thing. Just, just um, you know, get together. There's organisations that um, that just do walks and talks. Um, so there's for every every man on the planet, there is some kind of organisation, whether it's men's shared a men's walk and talk, a men's group, an organisation like yours to get involved with, so that um, they're prepared for the inevitable. We're all going to go through adversity at some point in time. We're going to lose a job or we're going to lose loved ones or we're going to have a financial hit or or some kind of health issue is going to come up and kick us in the ass. And if we can be forged and prepared, um, we're, we're far, research will show we're far more likely to be able to transition that period well rather than turning to an addiction or, or you know, it's flight, fight, freeze, right? We're going to choose one of those probably. Um, and and in most instances, it ends up uh, messy and in in, in in carnage. And um, and those of us who've been through it and come out the other side, we've traversed the tunnel and we've we've found our light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we can look back and and we can do our very best to help to educate other men to say preventative, preventative, preventative. Don't wait till it's too late. And uh, we do our very best with that. We, we use um, Buddhist philosophy to underpin a lot of the work we do, and the, the first sort of part of that is to live is to suffer. And and um, once we get our head around that, that you know, life's not perfect. It's it's there's no well, it is perfect because everything happens for a reason, and it's all happening exactly as it needs to. But men uh, tend to operate. Well, humans tend to operate so irrationally, and, and like I, I can't believe this is happening to me. And you can hear the ego involved in that. You can hear that the second noble truth is that the source of all suffering is attachment. And so we're helping the people differentiate between necessary suffering, like life happening, and then unnecessary suffering, which is where your mind starts conjuring, creating all these terrible illusions of, you know, and that's where the suffering needs medicating. That's where addiction comes in. That's where we start gambling or going outside of our relationships or whatever. But it's, it's just an interesting way in which you, you can really uh, – there's something we use. We got my MindFit headquarters got broken into last year or the year before, or I can't even remember when. Uh, and I walked in there and I remember because of the training that I'd done mentally, I just sat in that observation and I didn't react to it. And, and I just went – it's not outside the realms of possibility or probability that a commercial or any property can get broken into because there are people in the world who break into buildings. And just that tiny little mental exercise was enough to keep me, ah. and then all of a sudden I went into gratitude for the fact that they weren't vandals and they didn't smash everything up and they didn't, you know, they, they stole three bits of artwork. And, and so... I didn't take it personally. That didn't happen to me. They didn't do this to me. I didn't dramatise it or, or need to run off and tell, jump on Facebook, oh, these fuckheads broke in and you know, let's let's get a lynch mob together. And, like, it's we, – we can do such such a better job, 90% better of, of looking after ourselves and taking care of our own – emotional state but 
once again, people are lacking the tools, they're lacking the knowledge, they're lacking the awareness, they're lacking the understanding, they're lacking the equipment to self-manage and self-regulate in times where things, you know, when the storms roll and adversity happens. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm hearing you saying there, Nick, is, um, uh, you know, really being able to step into, uh, I guess, a, a, a perspective and maturity and, and um, you know, how do we have good judgment? Well, we have a lot of bad judgment and we make mistakes and, and we learn as we go. And, and on that journey, we're able to um, uh, arm ourselves with, with more awareness, more skills, more tools, more appreciation and gratitude, which is a really beautiful point you just made. And, um, you know, it's the antidote for, uh, I, I think the antidote for anxiety is, is appreciation and gratitude and perspective and being able to just kind of feel grounded in that. And um, so, yeah. I, I Underneath that, James, it's, it's trust. We talk about um, anxiety can only exist in the absence of trust. So the antithesis for, for us in MindFit is that trust, when, when that, that, that's what keeps you grounded. That creates those feelings of gratitude and, and whatever. But it's, it's just this inherent, innate trust that I'm okay I'm okay. The, 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 nothing, there's no ninjas in here. I'm safe. I'm secure. I trust that I can manage and get through this and, and move on with my day and that everything's going to – it's all about keeping in perspective and that can only occur when, when there's that deep sense of trust in the self and that only comes through conditioning and, and doing, doing the work, as you said earlier. And keep doing it. You know, we've used this example before. It's like I go and do a 12-week body challenge and I lose all this weight and get a six-pack and feel great and then go, all right, I'm fit for life. And then just stop working out and just eat garbage from then on. People do that with their minds. So it takes that constant preventative measures like we've spoken about. And it's just I really want to ram home the point um, so that Nick in his example didn't walk into the break-in and then all of a sudden add that to the stress load that was already there because that's what we do, right? We just keep adding to the stress load because we can't trust, like Nick said, and we can't accept what's happening. And so all of a sudden we get to a point where the stress level is so high that the natural human inclination is I have to escape. Alcohol, drugs, um, affairs, um, whatever it is, um, we will find a way to escape if that stress load's too high. So it's, it's, it's managing that and keeping on top of it. You, you spoke about um, the maintenance as well. And, and so... Oh, we run a 12-week and 12-month initial program of MindFit to do do this work and train people how to get their minds in shape. But what was interesting, that's all we had and until clients started coming to me and saying, hey, I want to keep doing the work. Um, I don't know how to keep doing it on my own. And so we were like, oh, shit. So then we had to create a maintenance program where once a month or once every three months they come in and touch base and, and it just keeps them on track, you know, it's, Natural natural regression is a is a part of our human experience. So we are going to revert to the old wiring or the the old ways occasionally. So yeah, it's it's great to have something in place for people to pro. I guess, I guess we're we're reactively helping them. We're getting them out of or helping them to get themselves out of the blues or the the, the mental struggles that they're in. But then equipping them and they're going right you got this just come back and tell me what you're doing with this and they're like oh i, I can actually oh and that, that freedom that liberation it's beautiful to watch people you know really take that and run with it 
Yeah, we just need the reminder sometimes, don't we? We just need these reminders. Um, got this. Yeah. Um, James, I've got one more question before we wrap up. And Nick, if you have any, obviously shoot them. Nick, you've done amazing today. You haven't you haven't wilted at all. Well, I'd say you you have zero percent um, help in that. I'd say just James and how interesting he is and the work he's doing has helped me here and got me through. So. Right. It sounds like Polly or Daisy are on the bed there with you as well. So yeah, da- Daisy's trying, Polly's trying to get up. <laughs> um, James, what's the future for Man Online? Are you at the minute looking to just grow it, get more groups going? Is there any other ideas sort of sort of brewing there? What does the future look like? Yes. Uh, uh, so the future is growth. Uh, and we'll go about that two ways. Uh, the men who are involved, uh, who've been involved over the last few years, are starting to step into facilitator yeah. uh, mode. Um, so our, our our groups are run with a facilitator. Um, so the more facilitators that we have, the more men that we're able to a- a- attract into our organisation. Um, and the feedback from the men is that the that this is really powerful, really important uh, work. Uh, so there's no way that we could not want to um, uh, continue and grow down this path. Um, I think that um, a lot of that growth will be organic. Um, when when men have a good experience, they share that with others. They talk about it. And you probably have experienced this yourself in your own organisation. Uh, there's there's a, some initial resistance um, for men to want to kind of do anything that sounds or feels like self-help. Um, there's still a little bit of a stigma around that. Uh, so, um, yeah, testimonials from the men who've been involved uh, certainly helps to attract uh, other men in. Um, some other um, components of Men Online, other than just the, uh, the men's group that meets twice a month for 90 minutes and talks about a specific topic, is we'll have weekends uh, where we might uh, have 10 expert speakers that come in. So um, in June for International Men's Health Week, as an example, we had uh, we covered five domains, health, wealth, relationships, business, and community. And we had two expert speakers, some of them you know, big names, some of them local, uh, that, that really spoke to each of those domains and was able to give uh, men... Um, uh, you know, advice and, and, and ideas and awareness. Um, and the beauty of an event like that is in Man Online, the men's groups are six to eight men. But because it's a network of online men's groups, the the wider community is actually uh, many, many, many dozens and sometimes even hundreds of men. And so uh, for our, um, we called it the man event, and that happened in June for International Men's Health Week, we had 150 men who, who were right. able to attend um, that online two days, uh, 10 speakers, five different topics. So there's a lot of opportunities like that. Um, we hope one day perhaps to do a podcast. I don't know. Do you think that's a good idea? Um, absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> so podcast. Wow. Well, when podcast you have the space, might... when you have the space, I think it's kind of one of the, yeah. the, the last things to do, but it's definitely, um, <laughs> you know, worth it. Everyone listens to podcasts now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, shout out to Alistair and um, Charters Towers too. 
Yeah, speaking of podcasts, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing the people that reach it that listen and, and we just yeah had yeah. A, a wonderful interaction yesterday and, and 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 this this lady was saying how much her husband loves listening to it whenever something's happening it'll be a go-to resource for him so beautiful yeah the well, more hello, Alistair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i, I yeah. think um, I, I think the key message in that too is um uh, making the content accessible uh easy convenient uh for the way that men like to be able to receive that information uh, so we're we're constantly asking the men of Man Online, um, how do you like to receive your information? Are we giving you too much, too little? Uh, is it is it in the way that you want to receive it? Is there a different format? And of course, being online, we're able to tap into a lot of multimedia, um, you know, and and of course, there's private groups and all sorts of stuff. So we're we're constantly asking for the men. I'm a huge uh, uh, advocate of innovation. So you could you could expect that Man Online will evolve with the times and and um, and be very responsive to the needs of the men of our organisation and the wider community. Yeah, and that's the the beauty of technology as well as having those options. And I think audio is the big one. I mean, for us, we run a lot of practitioner trainings, and we have the video format mainly. We'll do a, a workbook and transcription, but also the audio download, and we find that. Um, just to be so powerful because yeah, especially a man, they want to be consuming their content whilst they're at the gym or whilst they're walking the dog or whilst they're in the car on their commute to and from work or whatever it is. And we find that um, that's just a really good way. So it doesn't just have to be podcast, but the way we deliver any content through audio form, it's pretty easy to do. And it means that the men will, will consume the content you know, whilst they're, whilst they're doing whatever they're doing. So I know for me, like whether it's the gym or whatever it is, I've always got a, a podcast or an audio book um, going on. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's great. You're going to make it palatable though, don't you? You're going to make it, make it taste nice so they keep coming back for more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we often say, like, obviously, if it's a video one and we're showing some sort of example, but like you need to watch the video. Um, but obviously, you know, the audio is there to, 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 listen to again and again, you know, reaffirm, you know, what, what people are going through. So um, love what you're doing, James. I'm, I'm a big advocate already and we've only just met. Um, yeah. Where can people, where can people get in touch? Where's the best place for them to, to find man online? Thank you for having me. It's been a real um, pleasure and privilege to be on the show. I feel really honored. It's wonderful to, to meet you both as well. For any of your listeners that are interested in man online, they come straight to the website, which is uh, simply man online com.au and on the web page the top right hand corner there's a big button that says attend a free pilot session and that's an opportunity for anyone who's interested in having a look at a men's group obligation uh, free there's it's kind of like uh, wanting to learn karate first lessons free come along and see what it's all about and an expert facilitator will guide you through what a man online session looks like, uh, show you under the hood, so to speak. And um, uh, other than that, um, just a Google search of man online will find any socials or how it is that you like to connect and follow. Brilliant. Well, let us know if there's anything, anything Ryan and I can do yeah. to assist and help and if there's anything we can offer in terms of knowledge or experience or whatever, we'd, we'd love to do so. Maybe well, like if there's, if there's so a much. special um, one, like, you know, how to get over the man flu, um, something like that. Like Nick would be a wonderful expert speaker. Yeah. Lived exactly. experience yeah, practitioner. Done a, done a, right in my wheelhouse. Done a great job. And 
I'm a huge, huge advocate of collaboration and, uh, and thank you for the offer. Uh, I, I will um, take it up and, uh, and, and likewise, um, uh, if there's anything that I can do to help support uh, either of you, your audience, MindFit, uh, anything in any way or any connections that I have, um, please consider me a, a source and a resource also. Oof, numbers going on speed dial. <laughs> thank you, James. Nico, thank you as always. And thank you most of all to everybody tuning into the show. Uh, we hope you took some value out of this. Check out Man Online and we'll see you all next week. I thank forgot. you, boys. Alistair, Alist- 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 your wife loves you. There's also her. Just tell his wife loves him very you are much. Loved. You are loved. Boom. We love thing. you too, Alistair. Yeah, yeah. All right. See you all next week. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.